I want to thank Research Consultants International for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion in projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about research consultants. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic development organizations. Call them now. They can help you create real prospects. Welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. I'm happy to have Mitch Mays with us today. He's with the Tennessee Tom Bigby Waterway. So, Mitch, thank you for being with us. Uh, thanks, Chad. It's always good to see you. Yeah. And so, uh, I know uh, years ago, uh, I've studied a little bit about the Tin Tom. Uh, it was really built in the name of economic development. If you go back to the history, it was probably one of the one of the the big projects at the time that the federal government invested in in the name of economic development. So take us back. Uh, tell us, tell the folks where the Ten Time runs and really what it is and, and what's the history behind it. Well, I'll just start out with the, the, the history. Going back to uh, the early 1700s, French fur traders had recognized that the Tennessee River was not that far from the Tom Bigby River, which comes as far north in Mississippi as Tupelo. And so there had been you know talks and plans about you know connecting that some manner, you know, whether it be road or trails and, and, or waterway. Go forward to, you know, the end of the 1700s, the Revolutionary War. Uh, George Washington, of course, was a surveyor, and that was one of the things that they had noted, is if they could connect those two inland waterways, there was, a, you know, another viable route for trade going through the Port of Mobile. Well, nothing ever happened with it. After the Civil War, there were more plans talked about. They did some uh, engineering studies and, and, and you know decided that it was possible, but they never authorized the creation of the waterway. Well, after the end of World War II, it got a little, a little more serious, and eventually Congress authorized the creation of the Ten Tom Waterway, but did not appropriate it, which, as you know, is a big deal right. in Washington. Right. You can authorize something and not appropriate money, and it'll just sit there for years. So then uh, in the 60s, well, late 50s, the Tennessee Tom Bigby Waterway Development Authority, the organization I'm the administrator of, was created. And uh, they started advocating really hard uh, for the building of the waterway. Uh, It was authorized but not appropriated. So it started a a decades-long push to build the waterway. So Congress eventually appropriated money to build the waterway, and construction started in 1971. Money had started flowing in the late 60s under the Johnson administration, and then the uh, uh, Nixon administration is the one that kind of pushed it over the top. So they started building it in 1971. It was finished in 1984. 
the first commercial wow. traffic started in 1985. So I didn't the, realize it was that, that young. Yeah, it's, it's a young waterway. We're very fortunate because the locks and dams on our waterway, you know, I'll use a comparison, say Chattanooga, for instance, they have the Chickamauga Lock and Dam. It's over 100 years old, and it's crumbling and falling apart. Our locks and dams are less than 50 years old and right. still has a lot of life you know, left in our locks and dams, so we're right. very fortunate. Now, we do have some of our own issues with the waterway, but locks and dams is not one right. of them. Unless a barge breaks loose and hits right. hits a lock. So where, because, you know, I got my start in Mobile, working for the Mobile Chamber, and I can't remember, where does the Ten Time actually start? I know it's up north of Mobile, because down there is the Tennessee River. Right, right. The waterway itself, the man-made part of the waterway, connects the Tennessee River near Pickwick, which is okay. up, up around Tishmingo County, Iuka, right. uh, mm-hmm. and connects to the Tom Bigby River down to Demopolis. Okay. And what they did is they, they did build a canal up in the northern part. That's what they call the divide cut. Right. And then the canal section, which is further down into Tupelo, they started straightening out parts of the river to make it easier for commercial okay. traffic to navigate the waterway. And so your office is where? My office is in Columbus, Mississippi. And Columbus has had all kind of success. And a lot of it's because of Joe Max Higgins, yeah. but, but I'm sure having this doesn't hurt, having yeah, this yeah. kind of infrastructure. Joe, Joe Max does a great job, and we try to support him as uh, best as we can. We'll talk about some of the recent developments. I know even north of there, this Corinth, is it served by the 10 time, or do you get off? Well, of parts of the county is. Okay. Yeah. So talk about some of the uh, some of the economic impact that, uh, that the 10 time. I'm sure if y'all have had studies, look at it. Yeah, so, well, we, we, had, we have had studies done. And uh, we're actually working on a new study with Mississippi State that we hope will be completed this year. Uh, but the economic impact is in the billions of dollars per year. I don't have the figures right here in front of me, but it's in the billions of dollars per year uh, in, in business and industry, capital investment. And then, of course, the uh, payroll, you know, we're looking at about $2 billion per year, somewhere right. in that neighborhood that's uh, produced annually, which I think is higher now. The, our, our study was completed in 15, so it's, it's old. And this is mostly in rural places. I mean, when you think about where it was. Well, the waterway was, uh, the waterway was created to be in a rural place to help those rural areas of Tennessee and uh, Kentucky and, and Mississippi and Alabama. You know, I always remind people that the inland waterways – were the first interstates. Yeah. You know, I think people forget that sometimes that, you know, cargo and traffic moved by waterway because we didn't have roads like we right. do now. Right. Well, I was, of course, the listeners know I live in New Orleans, and so I was at an event the other day and, and, and heard folks talking about the effect of tariffs on the waterways. And the, so you, you, you could certainly, I'm sure, speak to that. Well, that's something that we've been keeping a close eye on. And uh, the tariffs have had a, a twofold effect on, on inland waterways. Uh, the, you know, obviously, with the China tariffs on grains, soy in particular, coming from the United States, that's, that's had an effect on uh, waterborne traffic. So not as much grain is moving by waterway. And that's not just our waterway. It's the Mississippi primarily because right. I think it's about 80% of all grains move on the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. So it's affected us a little, but not as much as the Mississippi River. But where we have seen a a significant positive impact is steel companies in particular. There's a couple of steel mills uh, on the waterway. 
they're doing really well. The tariffs have actually increased their sales. And so not only are they bringing in more raw mm. scrout by barge, they're also sending out their finished product by barge too, right. because the, these coil, like a, a coil of steel, for instance, can weigh up to 50 tons. Mm -hmm. They can only put one on a truck or two on a rail car, but they can load up a barge and send it mm -hmm. to wherever. And so they, they have done well with the tariffs. The other big thing that we're seeing an increase in growth on is, is wood pellets. Mm. And those are not made for American uh, con consumption. These wood pellets are made to send to Europe because Europe has a carbon tax and they have mandatory emission regulations. They uh. can't use coal and, and natural gas, so they use wood pellets. And so, you know, Mississippi is the breadbasket of the United States. Right. The wood basket, I should say. Right. For, for, and so they, they you know, are making probably close to a million tons a year now. And I, and I do anticipate that going up because there are some other companies looking at the waterway to put these wood pellet manufacturing in place. I remember a few years ago, the wood, wood processing seemed to be down and out. And now I'm seeing these projects everywhere. So I'm sure that's good for Mississippi. Right. It's, it's, it's great for Mississippi. And, and it's not just the waterway, the Tin Tom waterway, that's going to have a positive you know, result of, of these. This is going to be statewide. In fact, I, I think Alabama will probably pick up some things. I'm hoping Tennessee does too. Kentucky's kind of a different animal. Paducah is, we, we kind of consider our territory to be from Paducah okay. to Mobile. Yeah, and, I remember part Paducah, of the, I used to go to your conference. Right, I right. remember I was on and the you, list. You should sometime. come back. Our yeah. conference is August the 27th through the 29th of this year, so we'll be down at Point Clear again for oh, the 25th year. It's one of my favorite places, that Grand Hotel. And so, you know, we, we, we have a, a large presence of uh, folks from Kentucky, and Kentucky is one of our strong members. Governor Bevin is going to open the conference for us this year. He's been very involved with the inland waterway system. Uh, Kentucky's blessed to have some really good waterways, the Ohio, the Cumberland, yeah. and the Tennessee all come together to go to Mississippi. So they're yeah. the confluence. They have a lot of business up there. So I anticipate, particularly with forestry products, I, I think you'll see some more things in, in Tennessee and Mississippi in particular and, and also Alabama. Have you all done with the flooding? So uh, we're recording this for folks, just so you know, in, in uh, early August at the SEDC conference in New Orleans. and. And we we're, we got high water down here. I know a lot of places do. You all were were built so recently. Do you fare differently with that, or how have y'all fared? Well, uh, earlier this year, I guess the end of February, beginning of March, uh, we had a, a significant flood issue, which this has all been building since November of last year. After I'd spoke with the Corps of Engineers and spoke with the climatologists and you know weather people uh, from the National Weather Service, and they explained to us that this was not just one event it was actually a series of events that oh. built to one crescendo if you will that caused our issues but around the beginning of march uh, we had a significantly bad flood you know, some bad weather a lot of rain and what happened is the creeks and tributaries emptied into the channel of the tintom to the point where there were some places on the tintom you could walk across the channel by foot wow uh, two, two places in particular, but it caused shoaling pretty much up and down the waterway. So the good news is that Tin Tom has been open for, for a couple months now. The Corps has been working really hard to get all those places fixed. So the Tin Tom is open. There's still some places where it's narrow and the Corps is fixing that. And we should be back to what we say normal around December of this year. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, it, it, it caused a, a big drop-off in our tonnages, obviously, yeah. and it did have a, a, a really negative impact on business and industry, but fortunately we're able to w- work around it and, and uh, still support them. Yeah, well, I can't let you get out of here. So I met Mitch probably, I don't know, 15 years ago when I worked for the Mobile Chamber, and he was the economic developer in Alabama. So I know you're a big Alabama football fan. And, and like I said, we're recording this in early August. This probably won't go out till September, October. Season will already be started. So what kind of season do you think y'all are going to have? We'll be able to test you in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, from what I've been reading and hearing, this is a reve- revenge year for Alabama. So I think everybody just better watch out. Yeah, I can understand that. I totally understand that. Well, Mitch, thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate it. Good to be here.